This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Casper and Carly Orlowski talk about how the shutdown during the coronavirus ruined their wedding plans. Yet, they were able to be united in the sacrament of marriage. Hear how they planned a wedding in one day and how their big day plans helped them to focus on what was truly important. This is an inspirational story for all couples preparing for marriage. Here's Casper and Carly being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Ken Billinger. Right now, we'd like to welcome in Casper and Carly Orlowski. Carly is currently working as communications coordinator at uh, an electric cooperative in Dodge City, Kansas. Casper is uh, born, was born in Poland, grew up in New Jersey, and is now a student at Dodge City Community College in Dodge City, working towards a degree in diesel mechanics. Carly and Casper were united in the sacrament of matrimony right before the statewide stay-at-home order went into effect and have been married for a little over a month now, and they're here to share their story of how those events unfolded. I'm sure certainly interesting. So Casper and Carly, welcome. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. Um, let's talk about, first of all, the original plan for your wedding. What was the, what was the plan? And you, bo- you both can jump in, but we'll start with you, Carly. Uh, what was the original plan for your wedding? Uh, our original plan was to get married here in Hayes on April 18th. Yeah, and then that just like completely went out of the water yeah. <laughs> once everything happened with the virus. But. So, so what was I mean when when that happened? Obviously, you had constantly changing circumstances, of yes. course. So, how were you able to uh, adapt to those those changing circumstances? Well, as time went on, it almost it almost didn't give us time to plan the next possible step when the initial like restrictions came about. We thought. Oh, you know, we'll just choose who we really want at our wedding and who, you know, we possibly could, you know, we would want them there, but it's a matter of who's most important. But then before we even got a chance to put a list together for ourselves, it ended up being even less people. And my parents wouldn't have been able to fly out here from New Jersey or any of family from the East Coast or Poland. So we, I was all ready to go it's like okay you know we can celebrate with them later but carly was like no we should have them there and she was like let's just reschedule it so we decided to reschedule it and then the newest restrictions and newest and finally it was to the point where all right let's have a small little ceremony now let's get married sacramentally and then have a celebration later but that started getting chopped to bits and pieces when you know, her parents live around Salina. They had a case, and their county was going to shut down. Then the governor stepped ahead and was like, no, we're just going to shut the whole state down this day. And we kind of just looked at each other and it's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how were you able to get a marriage license when the courthouses were closed? And what happened? I guess, first of all, I mean, courthouses were closed, so let's talk about that first. So you were able to get a marriage license. How did that happen? Yeah, so in the state of Kansas, you can get your marriage license up to six months before you get married. And we weren't 
I think it was like we got ours back in December. Yeah. So oh, I, I like to plan ahead. <laughs> I like to be prepared. Ad, which is probably good. <laughs> yes, in this <laughs> case good. it was really good. Yeah. So we weren't busy in December and he was on a break and so I was like, Oh, just go ahead and get our marriage license and well it'll mm-hmm. be good to go in April anyway. So Yeah. But if people were getting married now, then there wouldn't be any way for them to get their marriage license. What was the most challenging task in the planning process while you were doing this? Honestly, for me, what I started to realize when we were trying to like plan out a day and like do the typical wedding celebration is honestly letting go of like idols that you tend to build, or at least I think women tend to build in wedding planning, where it's like, well, we want the day to look as beautiful as possible. We want things mm-hmm. to go the way we want them to go um, and just stuff like that. And so for me, it was letting go of the idols and just like being okay with having just the bare minimum or the bare bones and just being like, okay, this is this is the sacrament of matrimony and you have the opportunity to enter into it. Are you okay if there's no bells and whistles? So for, for me, that's what it was. Um, Cause I wanted like, we invited like 250 people to come to our wedding and only mm-hmm. 14 people were there, including us and our priest. Right. So, yeah. I mean, it was dramatically different than mm-hmm. what, you know. So where were you, I, I don't know that, where were you married then? Uh, uh, we were married at St. Joseph's here in Hayes. Here in Hayes, okay. Um, Father Brian Lager was our priest. So Father Brian and yeah. then, yeah, okay. And just a, a small group of people there. Mm-hmm. And that, that certainly had to be a little bit odd. So. Other challenges in the planning process? I mean, anything else? Obviously, deciding, you know, it's, it's tough when you've got to cut down. When you've originally invited 250 people and you go, okay, who can we have here in the small group? So was was that, I would think that would have been very difficult. Yeah, a part of it was who was available to come spur the moment. Yeah. So we, when the shutdown happened, I believe it started, the shutdown started March 30th. And we actually got married on a Sunday, um, on March 29th, um, mainly because everything was unfolding. And I was texting Father Brian, and I was like, I don't know what to do because the statewide was supposed to extend until after our wedding. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, well, what are we going to do now? Because he told us just to keep our original date. And I was like, well, now we can't even have mm-hmm. any celebration with anybody on the 18th as of now. So what are we doing? And he was like, well, let me think about it. And he got back to me and he's like, do you have your marriage license? And we're like, yeah. And he goes, okay, how about we do it on Sunday? Mm. I was like, that's so random, getting married on a Sunday afternoon. Mm. And so it was like, my parents could come to it before everything came down. So they came. My sister didn't come because she lives up in Kansas City. And they were, I think, like Wyandotte County had already like shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple, like our friend Kristen here at the radio station was a part of our wedding party. She's already here. Mm-hmm. Um, it was mainly people that we knew that would like still be, one would pray for our marriage and then two, like still be a part of our lives for like many, hopefully many years to come. Mm-hmm. Um, so not like, so very, very close friends to us were there. That so, are kind of around the Hayes area still. Yeah. So Casper, that had to be tough not having your parents there. Uh, yeah, but I kind of slowly started to figure that it would be tough in the first place, and I mean, with them traveling so far, and the first real big hit, even before any of this happened, my grandmother wouldn't have been able to come, and she's my last living grandmother, but. Mm-hmm. 
or time I'm just like, you know, the, I, I'm worried about this, but anytime I'll call him, it's like, you gotta do what you gotta do. It's like, whatever happens, you and, so long as you and Carly are happy, that's what we want. I'm like, okay, so they don't even care. <laughs> They're not gonna be able to be there. Yeah, and but, again, you'll have an opportunity later. Is that the plan later on to just have a celebration? Yeah. I think, yeah. I hope so. We'll see. We'll it's see. still like in the works of what uh, we're gonna do, especially yeah. now that, you know, there's yeah. these phases being rolled out mm-hmm. and like they can be extended at any given time or whatever so even now it's like you still really can't plan anything yeah we're just hearing news from the bishops now on on churches reopening which mm-hmm. is good good news but uh, again it's just going to be kind of us in, in increments the process in increments so um, we talked really about the most challenging tasks then really we're just kind of paring down that list or getting getting the folks who are going to be around how about the biggest sacrifice that you had to that had to be made for you to be able to get married on that day i know getting married on the sunday i know people who have gotten married on the sunday and wanted to get married on sunday um so uh, that's not necessarily terribly unusual it's a little bit away from the norm but but what was some of the biggest sacrifices you had to make to be married on the 29th (laughs) (laughs) you know i for me, it was kind of like I was already ready to go. It, for me, the important thing was the sacrament itself, and God was calling me to marry Carly, and I was going to marry Carly no matter what the dang governor said. <laughs> <laughs> That's true love, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I was like, the thing for me, like, yeah, party, great. Celebrate a family, but the real celebration to me is the Mass. So me and Carly really spent a lot of time going over to Mass, we had a whole like everything like planned out with our Brian. It's like and then it's like okay, so we're just gonna get a regular Sunday mass. We're not even gonna hit our the readings we chosen, but you know. It's, and at one point he told us, oh, well, we might not have a mass either, yeah. because with everything that was happening, you know, literally hour by hour, it was yeah. like okay, well, we'll still get married. That'll be good, we'll, and we'll still have a mass. And then at one point it was. Okay, now we're not even going to have a mass. And mm-hmm. I thought, I like, there were a lot of tears shed because I was so upset. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was so upset. But you did have a mass, right? We did. Yeah, yeah. okay. Which okay. we were luckily able to live stream, so. Yes, like. we, we live streamed our wedding, um, which is one of the weirdest things I think I've ever done. <laughs> and it was, I mean, it happened so fast. Like, it was decided Saturday on the 28th. Like, okay, we're getting married on the 29th. And so I didn't want our wedding to be like public Facebook entertainment. And so we made a like a Facebook group, a private group, and we invited basically like anybody that we wanted to to be able to watch it. So his family in New Jersey got to watch and even some family in Poland got Mm -hmm. to watch, Mm -hmm. which wasn't going to be in the original plan either. Um, So there were some really good things that came out of it despite that. Yeah. Um, What's a time difference in Poland? uh, What is it? Uh, seven or eight hours, nine okay. from here, I believe. Okay, okay. Yeah, what part of Poland is most of your family? Uh, we're from, like, the southeastern area, so, like, right on the border of Ukraine and Slovakia. Okay. So, okay. way out there. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking with Casper and Carly Arlovsky about um, planning a wedding with the coronavirus and just kind of down to the last minute when things were changing, not 
monthly, not weekly, but really hourly, yes. it seems yeah. like. And so uh, it can be a very challenging thing. So obviously not having your family present, the good part about it, you were able to stream it on Facebook in a mm-hmm. private group, which is nice. Uh, that was a, obviously a great opportunity to be able to do that around the world, too. So how did you go about um, choosing the people who could attend your ceremony? How did you decide on that? I know you talked a little bit about who's available, people that were in town. Mm-hmm. Um, your parents were able to come in from Salina, you said, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but how did, how did that all come about? Yeah, so I had four bridesmaids and three of them were able to come so Mm -hmm. they were part of our wedding party and then casper had four guys in his wedding or for his groomsmen and only one out of the four was able to come Uh um one of them lived in dodge and then one of them is uh the seminarian adam urban and he is stuck out in denver Uh, so he wasn't able to come one but, of them is my little brother, who, of yeah. course, stuck in New Jersey with my parents. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so only one of them came. <laughs> yeah. um, and then we had some other friends that were just, like I said, they were in the area. They, like, live here in Hayes. And it was just a quick, like, hey, we're getting married. Like, you want to come and watch and be, like, a part of the day? <laughs> it, I mean, it was just, like, really, like, thrown together. Yeah. Um, wow. One person we specifically asked to come was... Um, our friend Ethan Schwartz, he lives out in Oakley. And a part of the reason why I wanted him to be there specifically was one, so that like just more than one guy could like stand like beside <laughs> beside Casper yeah. on the altar. Not that it really mattered, but like just so that there was more of that like male camaraderie. But also like Ethan has been very involved and supportive of like our relationship from day one. And I know that he's. Yeah, he's been, like, praying for us, and he's always very encouraging and, like, holds us accountable. And so I really wanted Ethan to be there as well. Um, and his girlfriend also came, too. Yeah. So so let's talk a little bit about what Carly, where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Smolin, which is 10 miles south oh, yeah. of Salina. Salina, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And, and, uh, and then yeah, – Casper, you were how, you were born in Poland, and then how old were you when you moved to the states? I was two and a half. Okay, but we basically split our time at that time between Poland and America because at that time plane tickets weren't that expensive. But yeah, nowadays that wouldn't be a regular <laughs> trip at all. Well, we, now how do I guess let's maybe back up. We can talk more about the ceremony and everything else, but maybe share a little bit about how you met and um, where yeah. that all started. Yeah, uh, we actually met over Catholic Match. Really? Yes. I had been, like, off and on the website for, like, four-ish years. And I think, how long were you on it? Two weeks? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He was on it for two weeks. Yeah, and I think, when was it? 2019? 18? 18. 18. Like, December of 2018 was when he messaged me, um, and it just kind of, like, quickly evolved from there. Um, So were you living in New Jersey at the time then? Yeah, I was still in New Jersey. And you were, were you a student at Fort Hayes? Did you go to Fort Hayes State, or? Um, I did go to Fort Hayes State, and when I was 21, I actually, like, I converted and entered into the church, and then I, I lived in Colby, and, like, entered the church there, but then moved back here to Hayes and finished Mm -hmm. and got my degree. When I met him, 
through the website, I actually lived in Junction City at the time and worked as the school secretary for St. Francis Xavier Catholic School. Oh, yeah. And so that kind of... He he met me or messaged me like the day after, the day after I got a j- job offer from my job currently in Dodge. Yeah. And so um, as we were talking, it was like, hey, like I live here, but I'm also moving like in a month <laughs> to the <laughs> middle of nowhere. I hope you're okay with that. <laughs> I had no idea how middle of nowhere it would be. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like right before I moved, he flew here. Um, he flew into Kansas City, and I picked him up, and he helped me move from Junction City to Dodge City. Mm-hmm. So that was, like, our first, like, physical encounter with one mm-hmm. another after talking to each other for about yeah. a month. So how did that go? I mean, obviously, you met, you started dating, and, I mm-hmm. mean, eventually led to marriage, but obviously things went well. I mean, things very you know, well. hit it off. I was yeah. very smitten with him. <laughs> <laughs> ain't lying. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to – and so who was the pastor in, at St. Fra- uh, uh, you said you were at, at St. Francis Xavier? Yeah. When I was there, the pastor was Father Kyle Barons. Kyle, Father Kyle. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been after Father Gail and Father um, – I'm drawing a blank right now. But Carey? anyway, so Is that his name? Father Carey? Yeah, there was another um, – I'm just – I'm seeing him, but I can't think of his name, but it'll come to me. But anyway, uh, as far as – choosing the people you've talked a little about bit, bit about that how you chose the people but let's talk a little bit about how you experienced the grace from receiving the sacrament of matrimony in your daily lives already it's been a short time but what's that been like not to say that we fought a lot beforehand but <laughs> it, it was very easy for things to get heated between us but since then it's almost like you know everything's calmed down weirdly <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we don't argue near as much as yeah. we used to. <laughs> You've only been married a short time. So just I know. Get, I, know. <laughs> I jokingly say, give it time. Um, but so, um, as far as as far as um, let's talk about this too, because for a lot of couples, I mean, f- you converted to the faith when, Carly? Uh, in 2014. 14. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you grew up Catholic. Uh, is I, that? Yeah, I grew up cradle Catholic and. Actually came back into the church when what is August before I met Carly. So mm-hmm. I was only back in the church for a short time before I met her. So you were you were basic. Did were you practicing any faith at all, or at that point, or just at never, one point? I just really. at one point between you know my confirmation and you know coming back into the church, I just completely didn't believe in anything. I just mm. was a complete relativist. I just you know didn't think anything was out there, but. God was there tugging me back, and it's like, mm-hmm. I'll find a way for you to get back. <laughs> so what was it, I mean, what what was it? We've got quite a bit of time left, so if you don't mind sharing, it's up to you, but just if you don't mind sharing a little bit about, I guess, your reversion to the faith, what, what was it that started bringing you back? Well, I kind of remember, like, that summer that I came back, I had this complete emptiness inside me, and I didn't know anything about where my life was going, and... I just ended up being just like, I don't know what's going on. And at that point, my ex-girlfriend at the time came back into my life again. There's a whole story behind that that I'd rather not get into. That's but okay. <laughs> she uh, she said, oh, if you want this to work, you got to start going to church. You got to have a relationship with Christ. And I'm like, well, she was Protestant, but the only church I've ever known my entire life is the Catholic Church. So mm-hmm. that Sunday, I 
got out of bed and I went to the little parish in town. You know, it's been so long that I had no idea that they had completely changed pastors. So I went from what I was used to, which is Polish American who spoke very good English to an Italian pastor who just seemed like a fish out of water at first. But mm-hmm. the two priests there, just Father Giovanni and Father Mikel, are just such holy men. And going to confession with them and hearing them preach on Sundays took me from nothing to Catholic in no time at all. Mm. And even though my ex is gone again and I'm married and it's almost like God knew exactly how he was going to bring me back Mm -hmm. and he knew that it wouldn't take much to push me over that edge and send me back into the faith. Yeah. So Carly, let's talk a little bit about you were involved, went to Fort Hayes, were you involved then at the the campus center? Yes. Yes. I would. Disciples. Yes. And I would say that the main reason why I'm Catholic today is because of that place. Mm. Um, so when I came, I came to school here at Fort Hayes, right out of like high school, and like Casper, I was also in a relationship, um, except I was dating a guy that was Catholic, and he was searching for his faith, and so he went to the campus center to learn more and to grow. And at that point in time, I didn't want anything to do with Catholicism. I thought it was just very like narrow-minded and just very like yet yeah, not open, and so. At one point um, in that relationship, I actually, like him and I were engaged and we were trying to figure out like, where are we gonna get married? Well, he wanted to get married in the church. And I was like, well, I'm not doing that. Like, I will not marry you (laughs) in the Catholic church. I want nothing to do with it. And um, we had a lot of like heated arguments and discussions about the faith and stuff. And one day I was like, I am so tired of arguing with you. Like, I'm gonna read up on your faith and then like, somehow I'm going to prove you wrong. And that was kind of where everything uh, went, it escalated. Because <laughs> I'm reading more about the faith and I'm reading this like little yellow book called the UCAT. Mm-hmm. It's super easy, like question yeah. and answer. And I remember reading it and I was agnostic at this point because I didn't really believe in God, but I didn't want to deny the existence of God. And I'm reading this book and I was like, oh my gosh, like everything in here makes sense. Like everything and I was like oh man I have to be Catholic like this is awful because <laughs> it like it proved the existence of God to me in a very like logical way and um, at that point like emotionally I was just like a mess because of the relationship I was in and so I actually um, ended up like failing out of school and then I went and moved to Colby and went to the community college for a year mm-hmm. and that's where I entered into the church I did RCIA with uh, Father Dana mm-hmm. Clark, so, and then, yeah, then I was like, okay, I'm going to come back to Hayes, and I'm going to get my four-year degree and somehow serve the church in that capacity, and so I came back, and then I just, like, dove into the campus center, because I knew I needed friends that were Catholic and were going to, like, help me with the faith. Sure, so. and Father Fred would have been there at the time? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's... It's just amazing. I, I, I talk about this quite a bit. Just love the the students there and their fire for the faith. I mean, it's always it's so encouraging to me to see that, and just to have young people come in that we've talked to throughout 
past carathons too that are on fire for the faith and it's exciting and had a chance to spend some time with the catholic disciples at one of their meetings and just um it was really cool because um this would have been just been a couple of years ago but just to, to see the kids on fire for the faith and and their their love for the eucharist their love for prayer and everything else so um it gives us a little bit of background so really coming from two kind of distinct places obviously mm-hmm. so and coming together so if you do you ever think early on that you would have met somebody on catholicmatch.com you would have probably said no way right no <laughs> <laughs> actually the only reason i signed up for it was because there was another girl who's from here in hayes who met her husband on catholic match and then like another girl that was here in Hayes, um, Heidi Verbus, mm-hmm. who's now Heidi Garrison, met her mm-hmm. husband on there, and I was a, I was interning with her at the parish at that time when she started talking to him. And I was like, maybe there is some merit to this. Like, yeah. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Like, I just pay and nothing happens. We need to take a short break right now, but stay tuned to Define Mercy Radio. Whether you're listening via radio, computer, phone app, or on Amazon Echo, please know we'll be right back with more from this amazing couple, Casper and Carly Orlowski. We're back on Divine Mercy Radio. Marriage amongst the coronavirus. With Casper and Carly Orlowski. Ken Billinger conducts the interview. We are talking this afternoon with Casper and Carly Orlovsky, and of course talking about their wedding during the whole coronavirus. And this is just, it's just a series of events that happened quickly, boom, 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 boom. So living virtually, virtuously in the culture today, that's not something that's frequently talked about. So how have you incorporated living virtuously so far in your marriage? What are some of the things that you've done? I think the biggest thing is the thing that separates, you know, couples that try to live virtuously and not is we don't just treat each other like roommates with you know a shared room it's you know we actually try to live our marriage and it's sometimes hard with everything that's going on to find time to pray and you know actually clear our heads and all the craziness but we actually try to see what God wants for us in our lives and move towards that. Do you have anything to add? Or? No, I would say that like you you date how you want to like be married. So like the way that you date is going to reflect in the way that you're married with them. Example, really simple one. Like cleanliness. If you live by yourself and you're a slob, that's probably not going to change when you get married <laughs> just because there's someone else there that doesn't necessarily change overnight. And so it's the same with virtue. Like if you're not living a virtuous life or striving for virtue before you're married, it's not going to instantly happen when you're married because someone else is in the picture. Um, so that's been something that like we've had to discuss. It's just mm-hmm. like the difference is that 
we've had while dating and then trying to combine that together mm-hmm. with the roommate thing. It's still, I wouldn't say we live like roommates by any means, but it's hard to put things together because of the coronavirus. So example, like I haven't been able to legally change my name on a lot of documents yet because nothing's open. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or even like combining our bank accounts because that's the way we've decided to do things financially. Mm-hmm. And like, I can't even get him on my bank account yet because right. we can't get into the lobby to go do that. So it's, yeah, it's a slow process. I, I heard it takes a while to begin with and then adding this on top of it, I'm like, right. I wonder if my name will be changed in a year or not. I guess we'll see. Now, Carly, you said something about living like a slob. Was there anything <laughs> meant by that at all? You're in, under <laughs> Was it her words or my reaction to those words? <laughs> I saw I saw your reactions. <laughs> no, it's we have different uh, views on cleaning. <laughs> she cleans as she goes, and I clean when you know I'm like when he thinks it's bad enough. <laughs> yeah, because I'm very much it's like all right, I've worked all day or I've done this all day. It's like, I really don't want to work more on cleaning the dishes. And then, you know, when the sink gets full, it's like, oh, I should really do those. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, I can't find a cup. I really should wash the dishes. Wash some dishes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, In the month that you have been married, what is something that you have learned about each other? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I'll say something nice about you. Yeah. (laughs) I think something I've learned about Casper is that he, I knew that he was merciful to me before we got married, but I think I recognize it even more clear now that we are because he sees me at, like, my highs of the day and he also sees me at my lows of the day especially when there's like a lot of emotions running high with coronavirus and just like uncertainty and that his kindness extends much further than what i thought it did well that's a good thing it is a good good thing thing. i'm really glad i married him okay (laughs) so now casper you're on the hot seat because you have to come back with something nice (laughs) (laughs) nice Not necessarily. You can answer however you want to. <laughs> oh, it's. I've noticed that you know beforehand, me and Carly, I've tried very much not to you know live separate lives, but actually try to live a life together. Like she said, like you date, you marry how you date, and we tried to like find things in common to always do. But it's even more so now, especially with the coronavirus happening. And it's given us a chance to have all these more bonding moments, even moments that I never thought I would have. Like recently we went fishing and she took a liking to it. So now I have to buy her a fishing rod. And (laughs) I'd never thought in my entire life, there has not been a single story that I've heard from a guy about his wife, not only not complaining about him going fishing, but wanting to go with him. (laughs) Yeah, well that's kind of cool. Yeah, Yeah, so a common common hobby that you'll have together. It's just one example. Yeah. And I don't even like fish. I think they look gross. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they smell. Which only makes it more funny when we catch one. I can chase. Yeah, that was my question. What do you do? What do you do when you catch one, Carly? Does he take it off the hook? For yeah. You? She, oh, okay. she I like freak out when it gets caught on there. Yeah, and she make doesn't him, even like, like reel it in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's not that unusual, I guess. Yeah. But <laughs> as long as he's there to take it off, you're probably not going to go fishing without him. No. No. <laughs> So, some advice maybe for young couples thinking about the sacrament of marriage today. Obviously, you know, 
schedule your wedding down the road a ways. That's probably <laughs> yeah. the first piece of advice. But what would you what would you share with young people who are considering and thinking about the sacrament of marriage today? I would say, I think the the biggest benefit that's come out of like even with the coronavirus and even with like the small group of people that we had is that for me, like as everything was unfolding, I felt like Christ kept asking me like, okay, if I take this away, do you still want the vocation that I've called you to? Um, If I take away people's attention from you, do you still want this? If I take away the mass from you, do you still want this? And just like, yeah, it made me value and appreciate the sacrament so much more and just being like, and helping me clarify like what my intentions are. And so it's like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna get married, even during this time, it's like, well, it doesn't matter if other people, I mean, yes, you need to, you need people present to witness your marriage, but like, it's like your, your marriage is not about a party on a big day and your marriage is not about getting and seeking the attention of other people or receiving gifts from them or, any of that stuff. Oh, um, it is nice. It, it is nice. <laughs> Especially the gifts. <laughs> it is very nice, but it's like the wedding The wedding is literally just one day. Your marriage is for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that person cannot leave you. <laughs> they cannot leave you. Um, and so, yeah, I would just think if it's like if you're going to get married, like, do it and don't don't let anything stop you. Um, not even this dumb coronavirus situation. <laughs> like, because it, it, in the long run, it doesn't it doesn't matter. What's left is, you know, your marriage between you and your spouse and Christ. So, well, I think that you make a great point. The wedding is just one day, and and what you're talking about is a lifetime here. Um, as far as the marriage goes, so I think that's a valid, certainly a valid point. Casper, what about you? Anything that comes to mind? To kind of branch off from what Carly was saying, it's about the vocation. It's what God is calling you to. So you always got to remember throughout the entire process, whether it's dating, the engagement, planning the wedding, always, always pray and always ask God, what is your will? Because in the end of the day, we're supposed to be praying for his will to be done, not ours. So it might be stressful. You might want to tear each other apart from all the stress of wedding planning and being engaged and you know your lives starting to melt together. But no matter how stressful it is, it's something that God might be putting you through. So don't just give up on it. Cause mm-hmm. Keep like ask him, what, what do you want from me? How do I go through with this? And then through that prayerfulness, it'll become a lot easier to move forward instead of, you know, feeling completely lost and basically fighting against the waves. So one of you mentioned one of the things you mentioned, Casper, was, you know, praying. Um, is that something you try to do as a couple as well as pray together? Is yeah. That something? yeah. Which is a great thing. A lot of young couples, that's maybe the last thing on their mind or even older couples. I don't know when it was when we started praying together. It was a long time mm-hmm. before that began to happen. So starting that early in your marriage, I think that's that's a beautiful thing. So was that a tough thing to start doing for you or how did that how did that come about? Yeah, it's a tough thing to come about, and it's still a tough thing, mainly because we like come from two different mindsets of praying. Like I have my devotional books and everything, and I have 
the prayers that I always like to say. And Carly's kind of more like, I'll do this and I'll do that. It's I'll like, do it on the go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's become real hard to put both those together. But, you know, we have like in our bedroom a little home altar set up with a couple icons and across. So at least we have a place like we can more easily say, oh, we have this area that we have set aside to pray. We should probably use it. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Any other final? I mean, we've got a little bit of time. I was going to kind of get into a few other questions, but but uh, as far as the wedding goes or anything, do we cover everything question-wise? I, I think so. Yeah. All right. Well, I was I was curious, and I know that, um, you know, Casper, you said you, you grew up after confirmation. You kind of got away from the church, but I'm curious as, as, a, as a big fan of John Paul. I have to ask, being from Poland uh, with Polish roots, what, is, what has he been um, – Maybe, uh, how has he, I guess, affected your spiritual life? Uh, well, even throughout, like, my very cradled Catholic upbringing where, you know, we didn't go to anything else but our obligations and we really didn't pray at home, it seems like John Paul II was something that stood out throughout that early growing up and even the time when I was away from the faith because the par Polish parish I went to in New Jersey, because of course New Jersey has a Polish parish, is the Archdiocesan Shrine, ugh, something hard for me to say, Archdiocesan Shrine for John Paul II, and mm -hmm. they actually have his uh, robes from when he was a bishop there and a whole bunch of other relics, so he was always present in that church, and whenever I would visit my grandmother in Poland, my maternal grandmother, she's very... She was very, very devout throughout her entire life. And every day, 12 and 3 o'clock, it'd be Polish radio, uh, Polish Catholic radio, and we'd have a recording of John Paul II saying the rosary and the Divine Mercy Chaplet, and they would play every day. And I remember my grandma would have me there with her whenever she was praying. And throughout even my toughest times, that always was stuck in my head. There'd be times where I wouldn't even want to think about it, but it'd be popping up in my mind. Yeah. And, you know, being Polish, it's just John Paul II's everywhere. He was a saint to the Polish people before the Pope ever came. Yeah. 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 I, I'm just, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Um, just the, the impact that he's had on the world has been just incredible. Mm -hmm. How about you, Carly? Is there a specific saint or somebody that you have a devotion to or somebody that has been influential spiritually to you? That, uh... Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Saint-wise, uh, St. Teresa of Avila have mm -hmm. definitely helped me like discern my vocation. For like a solid year and a half to two years, I discerned religious life. There were a lot of girls that were around me at the campus center also discerning the same thing. And one of my roommates actually went off to enter into a convent in Wichita with the sisters. And so... Yeah, who was that? Uh, her name... Well, her actual name is Ashley Winters, mm -hmm. and she's from Plainville. Right. Now her name is Sister Mary Francesca. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. she was my roommate, and so she was very inspirational and... Um, I don't know, just during that time, like, St. Teresa of Avila just, like, kept popping up in my life, and I couldn't figure out why, and it was actually kind of obnoxious, <laughs> and I was just like, what is with this? This is crazy, but it wasn't until I actually went on a visit to the Marian Sisters in Lincoln, Nebraska. They were the first order of sisters that I met that, like, I could see myself, like, actually getting along with, 
And ironically enough, the weekend that I went was on the feast day of St. Teresa of Avila. Mm. And it was during my time in adoration at their convent that I, don't know, I just had this very like intense moment with God in adoration. And I was really struggling being like, well, I'm pulled towards marriage, but like, I really would love to be a religious sister. Like, that'd be so awesome to be married to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I just got this confirmation from God telling me like, I've been calling you to marriage. Stop struggling against that and just like, just go with it. Like, let me do what I need to do. And so basically after that, I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to discern marriage, Mm -hmm. Um, which was very weird for me. But ironically enough, so St. Teresa was like there the whole time. And then when I was initially talking to Casper, he's like, oh, like St. Teresa, my parish is St. Teresa's. Oh, really? I was like, that's crazy. There's so many St. Teresa's parishes in New Jersey, both Avila and Lazoo. It's just, Mm -hmm. for some reason, just fits with a parish in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. So, you obviously you had um, that was a a big impact. What about year? What year was that where you were actually visiting and discerning? Um, about. I would say I wasn't open to religious life until like a year after entering to the church. Mm. Um, people had brought it up and I was like, mm, no, like, I'm not going to, like, I like Jesus, but I don't like him that much. <laughs> it was kind of my thought at that point. Um, so that was about a year into being Catholic. So like 2015 to 2017-ish. Yeah. Yeah. So. And th- that was during your time at Fort Hayes? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know I'm good friends with uh, uh, Sister Mary Teresa's dad. She also oh, yeah. was at Fort Anne-Marie. So, mm-hmm. um, and I know the family well, so um, we see each other quite often at Mass because they're, we're at the, the same parish, ironically. Yeah. So I always have to ask and always like to hear the updates on vocations and things from Fort Hayes State. So that's great. Any other final thoughts? Uh, we've got a couple minutes left. Anything else come to mind that we didn't... Uh, cover today um i'm not sure how about let me ask you this real quick as far as influences go we talked about john paul we talked about saint Teresa, but any any influences that you had in your life personally that you know through your day-to-day lives um that were people that were influential to you in 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 the faith yes for me especially post-graduation is so someone who inspires me very frequently is my friend Adam Urban. Mm-hmm. Like I said, he's a seminarian in Denver. Right. Um, and we just talked to Adam yesterday, I think it was. Yes. So, uh huh. Yeah. I was listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, his constant one, his desire to grow inspires me, um, and his like tenacity and his fortitude just to keep going. Um, he's a very stubborn man, but kind of all in the right ways. <laughs> and just like his desire to bring other people with him. When him and I graduated, we graduated the same year and my friendship with him kind of developed in our last year of school. And he was the director of youth ministry in Dodge. Right. And I was an intern with the diocese at that point. So like I worked with him like all the time and just our conversations about like, you know, perspectives on like the priesthood and perspectives on marriage and like family life and just observing that from the community around us really, really helped shape me like, I don't know, just have a different perspective on marriage. And honestly, because of those conversations, it made like discerning with him, with Casper so much easier because of all these conversations I had had with 
Adam, it was like, okay, yeah, like Casper has exactly like what we were talking about. Mm. Like everything just like fit so easily and so smoothly. And so I would say my friendship with Adam has probably been one of the more, the most like inspirational and beneficial things yeah. for me. Yeah, so. well, good. Uh, Casper, how about you? Anybody in, in your life that, uh, you know, personally that has been an mm. effa- affected you in, within your spiritual life? Uh, I don't know how personally, but the parish priests back at my home parish in New Jersey, I mean, as I said, they're two very holy priests, and I remember the first time, like, it was a very emotional experience in general, going back to confession for the first time, mm-hmm. but I, like, the one thing that I was almost, like, inside, it's like, uh, at the end of this, I'm just going to get, like, a few Hail Marys and Our Father, but I noticed how much the parish priest there listen to our confession and you know he would give penances that were so in tune to my life like he would ever tell me it's like okay you're gonna do fasting in this prayer and i'm like okay that's much more deeper than any other penance i ever gotten or one time i was told to read the imitation of christ mm-hmm. <laughs> one time i was struggling with you know lustful thoughts and everything so the I forget which priest was in the confessional, but he told me, it's like, okay, look up, you should take up some of the, uh, what is it called? <laughs> some of the mortifications and actions of Aloysius Gonzaga and, like, mm. how he would deal with his problems and try, you know, instead of using the kneeler, try praying the rosary on the floor before Mass. And I'm like, wow, they even recognized my voice. They know I'm the one guy who prays the rosary before Mass. (laughs) 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 I always go behind the screen, but my voice is hard to hide. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we thank you guys for coming in and sharing this afternoon. And and, uh, again, we're, you know, pray for you and pray for your new marriage. And hopefully you can celebrate with more family eventually down the road whenever all the craziness ends, whenever that might be. Taking it day by day, so there it's all go. good. Yeah. <laughs> right. Little by little. Right. Well, thanks for joining us this afternoon. We appreciate Thank you. it. Yeah. All right. Thanks for tuning in to One Body Stewarding God's Creation. If you're a business that can help support this One Body show, please know you'll receive three underwriting spots per show, and the show runs five times a week. Plus, you'll be listed as a sponsor on the One Body page of Divine Mercy Radio's website. If interested, please call Donetta at 785-621-4110. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio 88.1 KBDM Hayes, 88.1 KRTT Great Band, and very, very soon, KJDM 101.7 Salina, and coming this fall, 105.7 KM DG in Hayes. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. One body, God's creation.